This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Diet, nutrition, and success. Are you a creative or business person who's just plain tired of spinning your wheels, running in circles, trying to make progress in your career? This is the podcast that will change all of that. We're talking about strategies and techniques you can use to achieve more by working better and more effectively so you can reach your goals faster without having to work harder. I'm Gordon Firemark, and this is More Better Faster. Hi, everybody. Gordon Firemark here. I am that guy, that lawyer, entrepreneur, and coach to creative business people in the entertainment and media industries and other industries. If you are creative, I'm your guy. So um, listen, in the last episode, in the number 53, we talked about what you consume in terms of reading, watching, listening, and thinking about. But that got me <coughs> thinking about the real meaning behind the phrase, you are what you eat. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the ways that diet and nutrition interact with our success in achieving our goals and fulfilling our purposes in life. Um, first off, I want to start by telling you about a little experiment or, or activity. I don't know what to call it exactly. A challenge that I gave myself in uh, the last month, April of 2021. Recording this on uh, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Um, and uh, I did an experiment, a, a challenge. I called it my caffeine and sugar freedom challenge. I got these, I got caffeine completely out of my life and I um, did the best I could to eliminate all of those added sources of sugar. And I didn't get rid of all sugars. That's almost impossible, as I'll say, uh, talk about a little bit. But um, I got rid of the candies and cookies, all the sweets, desserts, and uh, certainly no added sugars, although I did slip one time by uh, uh, having some maple syrup in some oatmeal because my kids were doing it and I went along and I didn't even think about it until my daughter pointed it out. Hey, Dad, that's sugar. Stop it. So um, that was my one slip up. But uh, I made through the whole month without caffeine and sugar. Now, why did I set out to do this? Well, this is something I've done before about four years ago. And um, uh, I uh, somehow things have crept back in and and uh, I should say barreled back in, really. Um, I am a migraineur. I suffer from migraine headaches. And caffeine is definitely linked to migraines. Usually it's the withdrawal from ha not having enough caffeine uh, that will trigger a headache for me. Um, there are other things that are triggers as well, but the caffeine seems to be a big one. Also, I suffer from acid, acid reflux, and I get this terrible, terrible heartburn that sometimes keeps me awake at night. It often keeps me awake at night. And... Uh, and that leads to feeling lethargic and disrupted sleep, and that's another trigger for migraines, and so it's a sort of a vicious cycle. So I thought, all right, I'm going to get rid of these things, and I think that the sugar has a connection to that acid reflux as well. So the first few days, as expected, absolutely horrible, unbearable, headaches, uh, 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 muscle aches, body aches, the just feeling generally crummy, kind of like having a flu or something like that. Um, but centered right up here in the back of the head and 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 so on. Um, I, and that is combined with uh, April 5th was the day that I had my uh, second Pfizer 
uh, COVID-19 vaccination. And so I figured as long as I'm going to be dealing with it, I'm going to get it all out of the way. To be honest with you, I didn't really notice any difference between um, how I was feeling the day before the vaccination and a couple of days following. But after that first week or so, things got, I won't say easy, but definitely easier. And I was feeling um, you know, more human, more myself. And over the course of the month, that improved uh, consistently. Um, and and I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good now. Here it is four days into May. I have yet to have any, uh, any caffeine, uh, although I have had a little bit of sugar. I had some frozen yogurt with the kids the other day um, as a sort of celebration for me. And, uh, uh, but I haven't gone back to the cookies and all that other junk. And I think my next phase is going to be an even more restrictive sugar uh, elimination program. Um, I'm not going to go full keto yet, but I'm going to get rid of the carbs as much as I can, I think. Saying goodbye to pasta, that's a whole other challenge. Anyway, um, all of this highlights how dependent we really are on these chemicals. And don't get it wrong, caffeine is a chemical for sure, and sugar is also a chemical. Um, and there is research now showing the link between diet and nutrition and our success in the other areas of our lives. Not just, uh, you know, being overweight and, and, and the sleep things and so on. There's, there are links to the other things. Uh, for decades, scientists have known that sugar can throw metabolism and insulin responses out of whack and a shift that can cause a cascade of effects downstream in the body. What they didn't realize until recently is how sugar also has an influence in the gut, inflammatory bowel disease. Uh, recent research suggests that sugar consumption disrupts the gut microbiome. All the little yeasty beasties and, and critters that live in our gut, you know, all the, all the bugs. Um, what, what is, uh, my wife had a microbiology professor who called them wee little beasties, I think is the term she used. Uh, anyway, um, on a chemical level, so, so sugar in the gut kills off the bad, uh, the good microbiome and allows the bad to flourish and that can lead to inflammation and bowel disease like Crohn's disease, but also inflammation means that your gut is more susceptible to all kinds of other toxins and uh, infection and things like that. So it's generally not good for your health. But we also are starting to see a connection to the way we operate our brains and our, our functions and so on. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Meanwhile, on the chemical level, caffeine is very similar to adenosine adenosine, a chemical that makes us sleepy. When we drink coffee, caffeine binds to the brain's adenosine receptors, uh, preventing the chemical from binding with those receptors. So it's a blocking effect and it makes us tired uh, and stops us from feeling tired, I should say. For those of us who regularly consume caffeine in big amounts, our brains develop more of these adenosine receptors. So it takes more of the caffeine to keep us awake and we get into a vicious cycle. That explains why we become exhausted monsters when we're trying to get off of the caffeine um, because the more receptors means we need uh, means more of it is making its way into our brains. Um, caffeine also builds up your adrenaline supply and that increases your heart rate and gets your blood pumping, open up, opens up your airways. And it also prevents dopamine from being reabsorbed into your system and that leaves the feel-good chemical dopamine hanging around in your brain longer. On the downside, though, this dopamine effect is what makes caffeine so addictive, almost as addictive as cocaine. So keep in mind that next time you're, you're eyeing, you know, having caffeine, 
that's what's happening in your brain as you're you're building up more receptors you're going to need more next time you're building up that that resistance and and that's a vicious cycle now researchers have also recently found that there's a lesser known nervous system in the gut they're referring to it like a second brain and it communicates with the brain in our head together these two brains play a key role in some of the disease in our bodies and our overall health. This crosstalk in communication between the brain and the digestive system is opening up new ways doctors and, and scientists are thinking about disease. Not only do the gut and the brain communicate through the nervous system, but also through the release of hormones and the immune system. And microorganisms in the gut help regulate your immune response. Medical researchers who are studying depression and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and autism amotropic lateral sclerosis, that's uh, uh, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, um, multiple sclerosis, pain, anxiety, other, all these neuro conditions are starting to look also at what is going on in a person's gut. You know, my father was a neurologist, a neuropharmacologist actually, and um, I wish he was still around so we could have a conversation about this because I, and he suffered from Crohn's disease. So the, the connections would have been fascinating, I'm sure to him. Anyway, researchers who are investigating ulcers, and constipation and other GI disease now also have reason to focus on how the brain is functioning. So there are several examples of this. Think about this. When you get that danger sensation, that fight or flight response in the central nervous system, what happens in your gut? The enteric nervous system, this gut brain, also responds. It slow downs or stops your digestion. So you, more of the body energy can be diverted to focusing on the situation and the threat. Fear of public speaking your gut will either slow down or speed up depending on what you got going on. It can cause abdominal pain and diarrhea and gas and other symptoms. Emotions, feelings of excitement or nervousness can cause that churning in the stomach. Ever had butterflies in your stomach when you were nervous or anxious? The gut-brain connection works in the other direction too. So for example, a GI problem, inflammatory bowel disease, gas, whatever, pain can cause anxiety and stress in your brain and the rest of your body. Studies in humans have shown that your gut microbiome is actually associated with personality traits. That's right. Those wee little buggers are affecting your personality, your psychological state, including how, whether you feel self-compassion or empathy, emotional well-being, wisdom. And the microbiome may play an important role, important role in social behavior. People with larger social networks and bigger, higher levels, uh, excuse me, have lower levels of loneliness, and they tend to have a more diverse microbiome in the gut. And people with psychiatric illnesses like depression, bipolar disorder, PTSD, schizophrenia, they have very different microbiome communities compared to people who have few, less or none of those mental health conditions. So this is true even when you take into account other factors known to impact microbiome like age, body mass uh, index, medical disease, and so on. Let's face it, better nutrition and diet will make you feel more energetic. It will help you have better focus. It will increase your stamina. You'll get better sleep. You'll have better moods. You'll probably have better sex and greater productivity and much, much more. So here are a few just ideas about what to do to improve in this area. And you don't have to go cold turkey like I did. You could, you could taper things off. But the goal, I think, should be to eliminate the usual suspect from your consumption. Alcohol and tobacco and other drugs are probably 
worth getting out or minimizing their use. Sugar. Now, cutting out sugar may seem like a simple thing, right? Just skip dessert, no more cookies, that kind of thing. But this is actually a lot more complicated than it actually sounds. Almost all processed foods have some form of sugar in them. Chicken nuggets, ketchup, salad dressing, mayonnaise, everything's got corn syrup or corn sweetener or some other form of sugar in it. In 2015, uh, The Lancet, the British um, medical publication uh, journal, uh, did a survey and they found that 68% of all packaged foods and beverages in the United States food supply contain some form of sugar as an additive. Not natural sugars occurring in fruits and vegetables and things like that. I'm t- we're talking about added sugar to make it taste better or to have a preservative effect or to dry things out. There's all kinds of reasons. But the point is, there's sugar everywhere you look. Eliminate the caffeine. Opt for water or even seltzer water. I do a lot of seltzer water these days. Um, I like to add a little uh, crystallized grapefruit ex- extract into it. You can get that online. Um Salt, get, get the salt out. You know, there's no reason to add salt to most foods. Uh, most of the seasoning, this is another one of those insidious chemicals that is added to all the packaged foods. So using more natural, whole, home-cooked kinds of feels, foods. Uh, eliminate dairy if you're so inclined. You may find that that has an impact on how your gut behaves and that also on your productivity and, and your feelings and mood. Uh, red meat. Um, depending on your blood type, your genotype, all kinds of other things, it may be beneficial to eliminate red meat from your diet or, or maybe even all meat. Although nutrition experts are very, um, divided on whether a vegan or vegetarian diet is truly healthy for you. There are certainly plenty of people who've experienced great success with trying those things. So, uh, read up on this. Don't, don't do it willy nilly, but, um, look at whether meat is, is beneficial for you. Um, one, uh, uh, book that you may want to look at is called eat right for your type. It talks about what, based on your blood type and where your, your, uh, genetic history originates, um, whether or not certain kinds of foods are worthy of avoiding or enhance or increasing intake. Uh, maybe you want to get rid of all the carbs and focus on the meats, right? Or the proteins. That's the keto diet. Again, extreme stuff to a certain extent. So do your research, investigate. I'm not recommending or advocating any of these, but I will say let's get the sugar and the caffeine out, reduce the salt, reduce the other things, and uh, you know, try to focus on good quality nutrition from whole uh, natural foods as much as possible. Increase the higher quality foods so you don't feel the need to have those low quality foods. Um, increase your water intake. There's a program called the Whole 30, which is similar to what I was doing. It's, it's an elimination diet where for 30 days you you focus on a very narrow um, group of of foods that are okay to eat, and then you start adding things back in, and you monitor and maintain and watch your your body reaction to find out things that you might be sensitive to. Uh, our family has done that a couple of times. Um, certainly no fun for the kids, but um, we have food allergies. We have other issues, and so it's it's been worth doing. Probably do for another one soon. We have um, some people swear by juice fasts. There are cleanses you can do. I would stay away from complicated chemical cleanses, but there's one called the Master Cleanse that um, I think it's fairly intense, fairly extreme, but it's designed to really get the gut getting rid of everything, eliminate everything out of your, your gut. Did you know that you're carrying many pounds 
of old un, uh, partially or, or fully digested crud in your gut. And if you've ever gone for a colonoscopy, you know you can not eat for a whole week or a whole couple of days, I mean, and then take this uh, uh, these chemical laxatives and, you know, everything comes out until, well, I'm not going to get into the detail, but uh, there's a lot of stuff in there. And um, doing a cleanse once in a while is probably not a bad way to uh, get rid of some of that. Um, a lot of folks who, who focus on diet talk about having a cheat day or some other kind of reward for good behavior. I would say don't cheat with food, cheat with something else. I mean, maybe give yourself a little, you know, a taste of something or whatever, but really, you know, find a different way to reward that good behavior so you're not um, taking two steps forward and one step back. Keeping a journal or just making notes in your existing journal about what's happening in your in your feelings as you do these things is a really good strategy. Uh, maybe make make some notes about some certain indicators that you're going to I don't know, rank them on a scale of one to 10 for every day during the process. And, uh, you know, things like what time you woke up, what uh, your bedtime, energy levels at certain times of the day, how focused or distracted you're feeling, whether your workout was intense or, or long or non-existent, uh, with how you rank your sense of well-being and your anxiety, depression, anger, happiness, all those kinds of things. Keep a little journal of that for a month and see what happens, see how things trend. And uh, you may find yourself uh, uh, seeing the benefits. I, I know I certainly have. Um, look for accountability partners. Um, maybe it's someone you check in with every day. Maybe you go public with it and go online. I was actually doing a Facebook Live every evening for the first couple of weeks. And then I, I tapered off. And, and uh, But it was sort of my online diary of what was going on with my 30-day um, sugar and caffeine freedom challenge. So uh, that will help you stay with it, and that's that. So that is my presentation. Those are my thoughts about uh, this kind of uh, taking better care of yourself. You will find yourself more productive. You will find yourself more focused. You will find yourself more efficient, and you will find yourself feeling better. And when you feel better, you can do more, accomplish more, and be more positive in your approach to achieving your goals, fulfilling your life's purpose, and living according to your values and guiding principles. And that is what success is really all about. Now, I'm Gordon Firemark, and I am a coach. And if you would like to explore working with me to uh, improve in your success, I'm not talking just about your nutritional and diet, of course, but any kind of success that you are seeking, I would love to work with you and, and uh, explore that. And I'm going to invite you to come on over to gordonfiremark.com slash coaching, gordonfiremark.com slash coaching, and sign up for a free uh, discovery session where you can get a sense of what coaching with me would be like, and I can get a sense of how I can help you, and we can talk about what comes after that. So gordonfiremark.com slash coaching. And that's it for this episode of More Better Faster. Thanks for being with me. See you real soon.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.